0: This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9.
1: This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcasts. And I'm with the delightful, talented food critic, writer for the Milwaukee Magazine, longtime friend, And Christensen.
0: Thank you, Tariq. First time caller. Thank you. Thank you. And I am with my, one of my favorite people, my co-host, my friend, the only person I know in the world who likes Malort, Tariq Moody.
1: (laughs) Yeah. On this week's edition of This Bites, we're going to look at uh, what you did for the upcoming Milwaukee Magazine. The next issue of Milwaukee Magazine is the uh, February?
0: January. January. I, 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 Getting I, ahead of us here, Tariq.
1: I'm trying to get to spring. Tell you the truth, February issue. So we're going to talk about some of the stuff you uh, contributed and wrote for that, including a, a lovely review of Moraki restaurant here in Walker's Point. There's also you interviewed, uh, talked to several chefs about their favorite cookbooks. You know, a couple weeks ago we talked about our favorite cookbooks. So I thought it's nice to know some of what chefs are reading in the kitchen and cooking in the kitchen with. And then also, you did a really interesting piece on the Cat Cafe, which I did not know they serve food, Sip and Purr. So I'm going to talk about the Cat Cafe, because guess what? Most people don't know, Ann and I love cats, because cats are better than dogs.
0: Well, I, okay, I'm not going to go that far. I, you, I, said I, I, you said it. You said it. I've heard you said it. I, I love dogs, too. Okay, so I'm-, I'm uh, I like didn't say you didn't love
1: dogs. I say you love cats better than dogs.
0: Well, I, I ugh. I'm going to get in so much trouble for for that. I don't I don't know that that's necessarily true. I have a cat. I just I don't happen to have a dog right now.
1: That means you love cats better than dogs. <sighs> okay.
0: Fine. Fine. If <laughs> you want to believe that. <laughs> well,
1: let's start off with the uh, um the latest issue of Milwaukee Mags, the January issue. Uh, you wrote about Meraki. I haven't Meraki. been there a while. Yeah. It looks like they, they're doing some interesting things. Can you talk about...
0: And instead of, of a review, I did something I did something different because Meraki has been open... For a while. ...for several years yeah. now. Right. So, you know, pe- it's been reviewed before. People mm. know it, or they don't know it. They forget where it is. It's a, mm. on 2nd Street. It's near Crazy Water and Braise. Mm-hmm. And it opened around the same time as some other restaurants that were doing shareable plates or mm. small plates. And... You know, um, some restaurants maybe are, like, really strong at promoting themselves or they get more attention from mm. the media. We kind of forget sometimes that these other restaurants are around. I rediscovered Merake, uh recently, and I love this place. And part of the reason I love this place—well, actually, there um, there are five reasons I love this place, and I outlined five reasons. Well, there are actually five reasons you should you should go to Merake. So
1: give me— um Two or three of those reasons. Okay.
0: So one of the things when you go there, you don't just have to um, order a three-course menu like you know, appetizer, entree, dessert. Mm-hmm. In fact, the menu really isn't set up like that. The menu is set up so that you could go in the bar and you could just order all these really tasty things, little things from the Bar Bites menu. Okay. Let's say you just want a really light meal and you want a cocktail. Maybe you're going out later. That's a really great thing to do. All right. You could do that also as just sort of the start of your meal. So order some of the small bites menu. Um, you can order us. They have two different sizes um, of some of their I guess I, I hate to use the word entree. But a lot of people know know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that it's another mm. term for main course. Right. Uh, they have different sizes. So you can get a smaller version of that. Or you get this, a larger version and you could share it with your So basically, like, that's,
1: so you give you a choice like, hey, I love that, but I don't want a lot of it. I right. Want, I want a small version. Super of
0: flexible, it. super flexible cool. menu. Then, that's smart. Then, what I, re- okay, the best part is something that they call the Culinary Adventures tasting menus. Okay. Those are offered in three different sizes um, and they're extremely affordable. And the biggest one, which is, um, five to well, they, they run anywhere from five to seven courses for like the bar bites for, for the smaller version of that that offers a mixture of things from the bar bites menu and the appetizer and entree menus. But it can go up to like a higher price tasting menu that offers um, anywhere from six to eight dishes. And that's when the kitchen might roll out something that they just put together at the drop of a hat. Mm. So that's when it gets really interesting, and they're really they they're doing some really fun creative things there. So I would totally recommend going there, ordering the culinary adventures menu, and throw caution to the wind. Say I want I want to do it, I want to do it big. I love doing that. I want to do it big, yeah. and I want to do some of these things you just are like playing around with right now. now. Okay, um, so that's one thing. Um, another thing is, and I th- I don't think a lot of people know this. They have a secret menu there.
1: I love secret menus. They
0: have a secret menu, and if I mention some of the things on the secret menu, no Tariq, longer a secret. It's anymore, no longer but. a secret, so I can't really do that. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to tease you with one thing, and that is burger, secret burger, a secret burger. Yeah,
1: is it like a hamburger?
0: It's yes, it's a hamburger, Tariq. But you know, when people do that, and it's a secret menu thing, it's like the best burger or what they think they're putting out the best burger you can possibly have. So everything's made in house. Right. Um, But there are other secret menu items. And some of those are things that might've come from the exploration, the culinary adventures menu where they're doing that sort of thing on the fly. Right. That those are items that can turn into secret menu items. And if you have tried that tasting menu, then you might know that's on the, on the, on the Mm. secret menu. So you have the tasting menu, huh? Yes. Yeah. So it's Indeed. really fun. Thanks for so, inviting me once again. Uh, you know, you're welcome, Tariq. You're welcome. But I, so I just, I like, um, I love the flexibility of of going here. Who's and just, the chef? The chef is Chad Meyer. He's also okay. the owner. Okay. Um, and he's there on the line. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's there cooking. Um, And I, you know, he's, uh, he's a very soft-spoken kind of guy. Um, so I think that's. One of the reasons this is sort of like maybe not as high on the radar mm. of a restaurant as, you know, say other restaurants that are in the Walker's Point area.
1: Okay, cool. Definitely looking forward to that. I haven't been there in a while, and now you gave me, you gave me a few reasons to return. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and they have a v- extremely, okay, I'm actually going to number three now and talk about, you know, and you would love this because they have a really interesting drink menu. And, um, you know, when you're pairing, they're really interested in helping you pair Um, your food and your beverage so and not just how do i pair it with with wine or beer Mm -hmm. how do i pair with cocktails or sake
1: they have have sake yes oh wow wow definitely gave me some reason to revisit milwaukee and thank you Nonprofit radio milwaukee is brought to you by you a membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to
0: milwaukee Visit radiomilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your eighty-eight-nine pride.
1: We're back, and we're going to talk about our feline friends, but more importantly, where our feline friends hang out. Mm-hmm. So, there's a, as you know, a few months ago, Milwaukee opened its first cat cafe called Sip and Pur.
0: It was last summer already, Tariq. It was last summer. Yes.
1: Wow. You know, you take the and off; it should be called sipper. Sipper.
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: call marketing one-on-one. But you did you you went there uh, mm-hmm. as part of the dining section. I did not know the cat. I thought the cat cafe just had coffee, maybe some cookies, but they have
0: other things. Yeah. So you can sit there and have a meal.
1: Talk about your visits. Uh, did you hang out? Did you have a meal and hang out with some uh, lovely yeah, uh, kitties? Yeah, some kitties. Yeah, yeah I did. So let's, let's, what's what's the experience like? So I
0: know you've been there before. Maybe you were there just once. It's set up so that the cafe side is on on one side of the mm-hmm. the room, and it's separated by like a um, a wall that's kind of has all these windows, so you can see right into the cat cafe, but you're not in the cat cafe. Mm-hmm. So that's a separate room, and you have to make a reservation to hang out. In there, it's, I guess, the cat lounge, and you have to pay a certain amount of money, and you get an hour in there. Can
1: you make a reservation online? Oh,
0: yeah, Yeah, that's how you make, yeah, that's how you do it. They also have walk-in days where you can go in and, you know, put your name on this list or whatever, and for an hour you can go and hang out, snuggle, play with these cats, okay? But I also think it's really fun just to go and sit on the cafe side, have breakfast or lunch, and sit kind of at that window because they have bar seating, and just watch them, mm-hmm. if you know. For anyone who doesn't really or they're alert, let's say they're allergic, they're unsure that they want to be around cats. Get over
1: it. Cats are
0: great, but they're just intrigued by the whole concept. Mm-hmm. They could do that, okay? So, um, the the person who's doing all the baked goods for the cat cafe was um, the the pastry chef at Wolf Peach. Oh, so and the owner, Katie of the cat cafe, Katie McHugh, is someone who um, follows a gluten free diet herself. So there's quite a few baked goods that are either gluten-free or vegan. Okay. And we know that there are a lot of people Mm -hmm. out there that enjoy that, but they're not all. So you've got, you've got baked goods that are and are not gluten-free. Um, and they do, they do a really great biscuit breakfast sandwich. They have burritos. They have, uh, you can go and get a a cheese plate and a glass of wine. So yes, they have a liquor license, beer, wine, Mm. they have cocktails. So they often advertise, you know, um, for instance, on Sundays, there is cat yoga. There is a cat yoga class in the cat lounge. I have not done this, but so you have to make a reservation to do that. And the cats just sort of like hang out and yeah, they might do a the cat might do a downward dog with mm-hmm. you. Um, but yeah, they're right there with you or while you're stare doing at you it.
1: while you're here doing yoga in front of me. Exactly. Man. And then afterwards <laughs>
0: you can get a meow mosa. Oh. Or what about a
1: a cocktail?
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. tail. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, anyway, I thought it, I think the place is our kind kitty of cocktail. You know, honestly, Tariq, there's so much, there's so so many things that go on in our world that are that are kind of sad or and upsetting, and things that we you know mm-hmm. that we address that we need to address. This is kind of this really sweet, delightful, escapist place to go, and I have to mention the reason for it. Um, It is, uh, the the owner is partnering up with a shelter Mm -hmm. um, and those cats all come from a shelter in Elkhorn and they're all adoptable. So uh, the point, the raison d'etre of this Mm -hmm. place is, you know, you can, if you want, um, go through the process of adopt. If you bond with one of the cats that Mm -hmm. you meet, you may be able to adopt it. And at last count, uh, she, Katie has uh, adopted out well over 100 wow. cats since opening well, congratulations and they're to her. beautiful they're absolutely beautiful cats and uh she's there
1: a cat that you were gravitated to when you were there
0: you know i just when i see them i just want them all mm. because i i i just they all tear at my heartstrings they're all so sweet i think what happens is that i look at the seniors and i want them to find homes mm. because i know you know they're kittens they're are their,
1: easy to get homes Usually. Yeah,
0: yeah, kittens more so than the elder cat. They have both. They mm. often have kittens. They they will have seniors sometimes. Um but um yeah, I just I I I they're so sweet. So I guess if if they're seniors or I find out that they've been there the longest and haven't found a home yet, then that's I wanna take them home oh, with me.
1: Nice. Yeah. Might do, uh, do a visit this weekend. Speaking of uh the cat cafe, round the corner, uh on, on March 10th at the Oriental Theater, Milwaukee Film will host the Cat Video Fest 2019. Uh, apparently, it's an ongoing series that happens every year. Um, I don't know who produces it, but the Milwaukee Film, since they took the Oriental Theater, will screen the Cat Video Fest, which is basically a it's like about 70 90 minutes of cute, funny, interesting cat videos from the internet put together, and proceeds help local. The local cal- shelters, so this, even though this documentary or fest, if you want to call it, is screened across the country, but they work with local shelters to provide proceeds from that, that screening. To go and to that's, local. Just,
0: it's just a one-time screening? A one-time
1: screening, March 10th, right around the corner. I wonder if Milwaukee Films going to partner with Sip and They purr, should. You know, because
0: it's right there. You would think so, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, that sounds like a no-brainer. Mm, cool.
1: Next, uh, you you, you uh, in Milwaukee. the Generation Milwaukee Magazine, you uh, reached out to a few chefs to ask them their favorite cookbooks. As mm-hmm. you know, a couple weeks ago, we shared our favorite cookbooks of 2018. So talk to me. Who did you reach out to and what did you find out?
0: Uh, I love doing this. Well, first of all, I love calling chefs and just, just picking their brains on pretty much any culinary topic because... Um, a lot of them are, I mean, are just so interesting to talk to. Obviously, mm. I wouldn't be in this business if I didn't think that chefs and restaurants were really interesting, right? Uh, but I also just, uh, what I loved about it is I picked chefs that, um, you know, they're from all different kinds of restaurants and they cook all different kinds of food. So I knew that their interests would all be really different. And mm. really the question I posed was, uh, what, what books are you looking at right now? And it didn't mean that the book had to have been published within the last no. few months. But it just had to be it's new to you kind mm-hmm. of kind of thing, yeah. right? So, um, for instance, Lisa Kirkpatrick, who is one of the chefs at and one of the owners of Good Kind, mm-hmm. um, and she's a pastry chef. I, I talked to her, and she mentioned a book that I've really been curious about, and it's been on my list uh, for a while too. It's Food Fifty Two's Genius Desserts. Um, I love that website. I I, I like Food Fifty Two's mm-hmm. website too. Now. There's a, there's a columnist there named Kristen Miglore, and she is the one who wrote this cookbook. And she does a whole column on their site that is just about genius desserts. And there's also just genius recipes in general that they have there. So the savory foods, mm-hmm. too. But I always kind of look at the genius desserts. So, so, so it's sort of like um, uh, these recipes might be like tricks, you know, ways to make like the really the, the most off the charts lemon bars, Um, So it could be something really straightforward or it could be something a little bit more like it's Mm. a recipe that's a little bit less, you know, mm, like well-known or familiar. But it's it's finding almost like these hacks to make like the perfect recipe for that. And I mean, honestly, when there's like a million chocolate chip cookie Mm -hmm. recipes out there, don't you after a while start thinking, well, what's like the ultimate? Yeah. Ultimate Mm -hmm. recipe. And that's what this woman does. In that book, so that's what Lisa and I talked about. Okay. That's the one she picked. Um, Justin Abrahamian, who's the owner of Sanford Restaurant, he talked about a really interesting cookbook um, by a Swedish chef named Magnus Nilsson. I know. And that. you did know, he, who,
1: did he do like a Netflix kind of a chef's thing?
0: He's 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 definitely like a been, long-haired
1: Viking-looking guy. I love
0: those guys. <laughs> of oh, course, you're you kidding do. me. I love those Viking guys. Well, uh, he's a chef and an author. I'm sure he's had a show. It's not coming to me right now what exactly he... he? It's, it's Mind yeah. of a Chef. Mind of a Chef, it right? Is mind it of is chef Mind series. of a Chef. Yeah. I just couldn't think of what it was called. Um, but at this restaurant... So he's got a restaurant that's in Sweden that's called Faviken Maganisset. Maganisset, I think that's how you pronounce it. Well, that's simple. Or Magasinet. Magasinet. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't know. It never fails it on this bite's. I am about to say something and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I don't know how to say this word. OK, so anyway, he's not um, going to
1: correct you. So you're good.
0: Yeah. OK. So the five cookbook is really just based on a lot of the things that that Magnus does in this mm-hmm. restaurant. And y- honestly, the chefs at this restaurant, they harvest and preserve all their own food. So, I mean, like it's pretty like intense yeah. kind of cookbook. I yeah, that, he, was that,
1: he was out in the woods yeah. in that show, and I'm like, what, the, what are you doing, dude? It's cold and miserable. He's cooking like a gourmet dinner from all the stuff he's found, right. and, 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 and rain, and I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah, so for instance, um, Justin was telling me, I said, well, what did you do? Like, how did you apply this cookbook to your cooking mm. at Sanford, okay? So he says that they made a birch tea um, and that they're using in a birch sorbet and they're using a charred birch broth in a quail dish. Okay, mm-hmm. so this isn't your average everyday cooking. I mean, um, and and Sanford is a really as uh, an in, incredible mm-hmm. dining experience, and you have to know that the chefs really um, are incredibly imaginative, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're looking at sources that maybe your everyday cook is not gonna do. So that was really interesting. Um, and uh, Gregory Leon, he's the owner of Amelinda. Mm-hmm. He's, he was most recently, and I'm sure he's still using it right now, into a cookbook that I've been wanting to get, too. It's called On Vegetables by Jeremy Fox. Uh, Jeremy Fox is, um, he's known for, um, I, I even think he it may have been won a, uh, a, an award for um, his plant-based restaurant. It was out in California. Um, but he's known as being this chef who's kind of transformed the plant-based cooking mm. Um, And really thinking about vegetables um, in the same way you would you would think of any other ingredient, Hmm. um, and not dumbing down.
1: Did you ask the same question? How he applies that to his cooking? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And in fact, he was. We were talking, for instance, um, he was using a recipe for uh, for Jeremy Fox's black olive caramel. Think about that—a black olive caramel—and he was using that as a garnish on a fish dish. So I think there's a lot of like kind of smaller things that you can prepare out of a book like this using really maybe an ingredient you wouldn't hmm. expect and then you make like some kind of relish or sauce and then that's something that you can easily put you know with a fish or a meat or something along those uh-huh. lines that was just one example that he gave me um also by the way that that co- you should take a look at that cookbook so those really interesting yeah. really really different recipes you have it I don't, but I want it. I really yeah. want it. I mean, if if for nothing else, just to read it, okay, uh, because it's it's really different and it looks at, at plants in a very different Everything. way. Okay, because um, i
1: that's one of the challenges of like cooking at home. Like you do an entree that's very you know interesting, and then you're like, okay, I need a vegetable. Yeah, what am I doing? I'm going to roast asparagus. Yeah, you know, and you're like, like, oh,
0: I'm just, I, 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 I just have sort of lost my creative. So yeah, energy. I can see, I can
1: see the need because I want to get more creative with vegetables. Yeah. In my dish, and my cooking, because I think I mastered the carnivore side of my cooking.
0: Yeah, I think you have. I, <laughs> and I, I know and
1: you I, I want to like expand what I can do with vegetables. You yeah. Know? So I definitely would check that book out.
0: Okay, so then I moved on to uh, Jonna Fralick. Jonna used to be the chef at ID, out in uh, Delafield, which is mm-hmm. at the Delafield Hotel. And um, she is now the, the chef at twenty eight ninety four Maine. Yeah, cafe we talked about that. East yeah. Troy. Yeah. So um, she and I were talking about, um, you know, she's another chef that I think is really interested in just playing in the kitchen, playing, mm. playing. You know, there isn't enough. I think we we don't give enough time for us to play and come up with new things. And the cookbook she mentioned was Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat: Mastering the Elements of Good Cooking by Samin Nasrat. Now. That's a book that we've mentioned maybe on air in the past mm-hmm. because it also became a Netflix um, series. A Netflix which series. I saw, which
1: is fantastic. I, I found a book. I, I did buy it on a Kindle. So I do have that book mm-hmm. on Kindle because I was like, I want the book now. So I couldn't wait.
0: Well, the interesting thing, and I don't, I did not see the, the, the Netflix show, but the way the book is set up, it's not like recipes. No. it's The it's, show has
1: no recipes either.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it it helps you kind of, um, kind of think about how to use ingredients mm-hmm. in your own way. It's
1: like the foundations of yeah. cooking, the elements, the elements of cooking. Yeah. You're
0: so I suppose if you're the type of person that really like has to go, you know, you know, just so strictly by a recipe, mm-hmm. it might be a harder transition for you to like, okay, read a book like this, and you know, I'm going to read about this this ingredient, and I'm going to try to just take a different approach to it. I think that can be really hard for people. Mm -hmm. It it takes them out of their comfort zone. But it's probably a really good exercise to do that. I'm intrigued by this book.
1: I love books like that that don't necessarily give me recipes, like The Flavor Matrix, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, and other books that really kind of explains the principles of cooking and ingredients. Yeah, Then let me understand that, develop my own yeah. recipes. I, I mean, that, that.
0: That, that's when you talk about, um, recipe development. Mm-hmm. I mean, there you go. That's the mm-hmm. first step toward developing mm-hmm. something of your own. Uh, another chef I talked to is uh, T. cow or T Kao. I think I'm, I'm not going to say his name, right? He was the head chef or executive chef at Buckley's. Buckley's. He recently left and he's opening a restaurant called wild roots. It's going to be in West Dallas. Oh. And, uh, when's that well, opening, you know? Mmm, you know. I love that ho- name. Possibly before spring, okay. but I'm not sure.
1: I love that name. Wild Roots? I just love that. I don't it's know a why. Great, yeah, yeah, it's a really
0: good name. Um, he, you know, T, tea, T's a really interesting guy um, because if you were, you know, if you ever went to Buckley's, you might find something that seemed like a much more traditional type of um, dish, like for instance, a lobster roll, you know, just a straight up lobster roll. Or, you know, a Caesar salad that's made with fried oysters, okay? Mm. Um, but then you might also see a banh mi sandwich or something that had a lot of, like, Asian touches mm. to it. Um, he also has, he's trained, um, he, was a, he was trained to do sort of classic Italian cuisine mm. in a previous job. So he's really curious. He's mm. an exceptionally curious chef. And so he's always looking at different things and how other types of cuisines kind of inform your own cooking. So okay. we talked about the Meza cookbook, sharing plates from the Middle East. Um, and so this is, um, I, I, you know what Meza is? It's like a collection of small plates. Those are oh. Meza plates. And, and so in the Middle East, you might have, you know, you might have this little um, dip that's served with some bread, and then you might have some grain-based dish, and you might have some other vegetable but you have these all these little plates in front of you, and you're kind of sampling and mixing and matching, and it's it's a very tapas mm-hmm. style style cool. of eating too. But um, what I think he was intrigued about was um, the flavor combinations were different than what mm. he was used to, hmm. and you know the idea of using um, spices and nuts, um, uh, and, and instead of flour, using grains. So there are a lot of use of different kinds of is, grains.
1: As, 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 Assuming you talk to him, is he thinking about incorporating those kind of concepts into?
0: Mm, I don't know. It might have just been to inform his his personal cooking and okay. just like expand his range. Because okay. you could read something like that and and, and apply it in so many different mm-hmm. ways. So I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Okay. Um, and then finally, I talked to Kristen Schwab, who is um, the chef de cuisine at Dandan, Dan. Dan. And she mentioned to me, this is a book that I think you might be interested in. It's called All Under Heaven: Recipes from the Thirty Five Cuisines of China. Now, wow. you might think, you know, China does not have thirty five cuisines. I think
1: I, I would thought they have more than that. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge country. I mean, just the different regions alone, and different provinces and states have their own yeah. cuisines. So I would thought there'd be more than thirty five.
0: Well, it, it, it's, Kristen lo- told me that she loves this book, and it's, it's gotten to the point that the thing is so dog-eared and so full <laughs> of, like, notes and, like, things taped in there and that it has actually helped her make the chili oils that, that they serve at. Just An- me up. And the doughs for the dumplings.
1: She should have called me up. She I, should just
0: call you. I got okay. a
1: great—my chili oil is, is the bomb. All right. I just have to say. But anyway, it's cool. But so I really
0: want that book. you should check out that cookbook.
1: I really want that book. That sounds interesting. Just because most people, when they think of like most ethnic cuisines or uh, they think of it as just one type of cuisine, like Italian, just one type Mm -hmm. of Italian food or one type of French cuisine or one type of Japanese cuisine. But just like America, those countries and regions have multiple, multiple kinds of cuisines within Mm -hmm. a country, you know, like. Just the, the, when you think of America, just even the South itself is broken up in different cuisines. But most people, when they think of countries, it's just like Italian spaghetti, pizza, that's you. I Japanese know. sushi. That's you, you know, Chinese uh, Jack- yang or something. General you know yeah. chicken. But it's not. It's, it's, and I think food, as we said before, food's, food's a good way to just break and break the, um, the stereotypes more than any other kind of way of educating is food. Uh-huh. I feel like people can learn more about people. Through food. I absolutely wow. agree. So that was your title of that piece is called "Cookbook Muses." I love that title. You come up with
0: that? Oh uh, yeah, I did. Good. Yeah, I like to. I, I write my own headlines. Good. What can I say?
1: I'm proud of you.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, Tariq. <laughs> because ultimately, I I I want things to you know pass mm. your mustard. Pass your muster.
1: <laughs> uh, we got. I'm going to close out with a couple of events happening. We start off with a, a good friend, uh, Michael Twitty. We've talked about him many times. Uh, we talked about his book, "The Cooking Gene," which is a fantastic book, which won a James Beard Award last year. Mm-hmm. So, big congratulations to him! I think he was one of, the first, I think he is the first African American, African American to win that award. So, big, big ups to him. He's returning to Milwaukee uh, on February 18th to talk about um, his journey through African American cooking. Which his book is about. He did, like, did the genetic testing. And so he wanted to learn, trace the gene, gen, the culinary genes from the South all the way back to Africa. That's what basically the book's about. And he's coming to the Mitchell Street Library, fantastic library, by the way, on February 18th to talk about his book and talk about uh, his identity as being a gay, African-American, and Jewish um, author. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Definitely sponsored by UWM, Sam, and Helen Stahl's Center for Jewish Studies. I think they brought him the last time here. Uh, but he's has been at the Milwaukee Magazine, Milwaukee Magazine, Milwaukee Library, Mitchell Street Library, February 18th from 6 to 7 p.m. If you haven't checked out his book, definitely check out his book. He has a great website called Afro Culinaria. Uh, check out his Facebook page. He's very, very opinionated gentleman, which is it's also cool to see. He knows his stuff. He's mm-hmm. passionate. Um, I saw him last time he was here and got to know him even more. I interviewed him, actually talked about, when I interviewed him last time he was here, I, 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 I talked about Southern food, soul food, and, and the guise of music and lyrics. Like, what does it mean when this song uses this kind of soul food item? So we talked about, um, I gave him a question. I, I gave him four songs, four or five songs. One was Beyonce's Formation, which the lyric was, I have hot sauce in my bag, and that's a thing in black culture mm. like, carry hot sauce and basically the the quote is like, like white people food was bland European food is bland so mm-hmm. and that's that's where you know people like black people always had hot sauce and talked about Kendra Lamar's song I forgot which one it was where he used the lyrics yams and like the meaning of what yams mean so that's what I discussed in the lens of music and, and soul food it's really he knows his stuff that's he's really a fun guy to hang out with um I'm glad he's coming back yeah. again
0: he, it looks like at this event, too, that Boswell will be, will be there selling copies yes. of his books. already have so, the book. I know you do, but for those who don't but want to go to the event, mm-hmm. you can get your book yeah. right there. So,
1: great guy. Great stuff to learn. Definitely a great book to read. And uh, winner of the James Beard Award uh, from last year as well.
0: I assume you're going to be there?
1: Yep. I signed up already. Awesome. Yep. Uh, maybe I'm going to try to see if he can come early and we can do a special This recorded session with him early. Would you be down for that? Absolutely. Cool. We'll see what we can do. See if he has time for little old me. He's, he's
0: I don't like, know why he wouldn't. I mean. He's a celebrity he now. He's, he's a superstar.
1: You, you don't want to hang out with little old me? Ugh. Maybe you. And that's why I'm I'm bringing you in. So I like, yeah, well, I know you don't hang out with me, Michael. Oh, come on. But Anne Christensen would like, she'd like, drop the presses. I am there. So. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, we got one more event to talk about. And what is that?
0: Uh, this is a wine, it's called Wine Down Dinner. It's coming up at Movida ha, next week, ha, Thursday. Ha, yeah, uh, Wine, wine uh, Down. Uh, you need uh, to Wine Down. Tariq. Uh, Has anyone ever told you that? No. Okay, so this, this is happening on Thursday, January 17th. And it is um, five dishes paired with five different wines. Um, and it starts at six o'clock uh, on that Thursday at Movida, which is a Spanish restaurant in Walker's Point. And um, blood sausage is good there, by the way. The blood sausage. Okay, thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, They're going to be doing, uh, it seems like some pretty simple items. Uh, So, starting out with a kunamoto oyster. um, And second course is octopus carpaccio, uh, followed by a foie gras torchon. Uh, And the next dish after that is a stuffed venison. And for dessert, a fermented lemon granita sounds very refreshing. Hmm. Each each of those is paired with a different wine. Okay. And there's also, uh, I guess, if you get there early, you know, at six o'clock, you get, you you get to take part in the welcome reception. It sounds like
1: a very warm dinner. What do you mean by like warm, like climate-wise? It feels like a good mm-hmm. dinner to have in the dead of winter. Yeah. You want to get away from like feel like you're in a I think we kind need of plenty of those this time climate. of
0: year. Yes, exactly. So that's at MoVita. That is coming up on the 17th. And uh, yes, you will need to make your reservation ahead of time. Yep.
1: Cool. Well, that's it for this Bites Milwaukee's Culinary Podcast with the one and only Ann Christensen.
0: And the one and only Tariq Moody.
1: There's multiple means. I found there's... There's there's multiple use? There's another Tariq Moody out east. What? I'm friends with them. <laughs> there's two I Tariq mean, same Moody. spelling and everything? Same exact spelling. I'm older, so I, I've been thinking about suing them since I had it first <laughs> but we're friends on Facebook I found him I was like I don't know how I'm so like, you're saying was he,
0: you're older than he is
1: I'm older than he is so technically well then like, I
0: think he should, he should change his name
1: but it's funny like the, the, the chances of finding someone Tariq with this spelling I have and Moody it's, it's it was anyway it's mind boggling I feel like I'm in the Matrix this bites Milwaukee's Polar Air Cup podcast is produced by Tyrone Miller handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the licensed lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at radiomilwaukee.org on iTunes or Spotify. That's where the kids are or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as always, stay hungry, Ann,
0: and keep the malort cold.
1: Ice cold, baby. Don't I wonder if it helps if
0: you have a cold.
1: I bet it's the best thing for a cold. Yeah. It's like castor oil. I'm looking for something. Anything that tastes bad must be good for you, right?
0: Castor oil. No way. Someone was telling me I should. Castor
1: oil and Malort together.
0: Oh, yeah. Someone was telling me I should use or drink um, a tablespoon of uh, apple cider vinegar every day.
1: My dad does that. Or he used to do that. Yeah. My dad used to do that.
0: Did it do something beneficial for him?
1: He said he feels better. He felt better when he did it.
0: Huh. Did he add it to water?
1: No. Just like like a shooter.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if I could get that down.
1: I'll deliver some Malort for you.
0: Thank for you. The, uh, yeah, great. No, the I, Malort yeah. fairy. Thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Bucktooth. The Bucktooth Malort fairy.
0: <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend. You
1: too.